Welcome to Black Men's Mental Health Podcast. Society doesn't want you to blame anything but yourself. It's a trait, not mental health. People out there is not going to understand you until you let them know. You definitely got to take into account your mental health. You have to tune into your own mind. Hey, what's going on? It's your man Casanova with another Black Men's Mental Health Podcast live. I am live on my radio station, the Culture Radio. If you're listening to any on the, the radio station, if you listen to me on um if you listen to me on um the website, uh definitely check me out. Yeah. All right, I'm back. I'm back. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um I thought I was uh, having some technical difficulties and I wasn't. I didn't even turn my phone on to see. See, this podcast today, I'm actually in my house. I'm actually in my guest room where I have my matrix. It's it's my uh, guest room slash man cave. And this is where I'm doing my podcast. I'm not in my studio um, um, because I decided to do it from home. This podcast, I decided to uh, just do it from home. You know, sometimes you got to uh, do it from home. I got I had a whole bunch of work to do. So I decided to do it from home. So I'm actually in my house relaxing right now. So um, I always want to thank everybody for listening to this podcast because this podcast has changed my life. Um, it's opened up so many opportunities and so many things that um, I'm so grateful for. Um, just recently, uh, yesterday, of course, I'm on the top 100 list. I'm still there. It goes up and down, but I'm at 75, 76 right now on the list. Um, and that's top podcast in the whole wide world for mental health. So at the end of the day, I am number 75 in the world for a podcast for mental health. Um, I thank you for that. It, it's And then they have some other lists that came up, which was pretty cool. Um, there's a black mental health podcast. And I'm number, I believe, 23 on that. And then... Um, And then as far as like best mental health podcast, I'm like 36. No, I think I'm 36 on the black mental black mental health podcast with all the mental health of black people uh, podcast. And then uh, the best podcast for mental health. I'm number 23. So um, got on some more list. Um, If you want, you can always go to uh, the black men's mental dot com and check it out. Upgrade the page. It looks a little different when you go on the front page. Now you'll see the podcast itself on the first page some people hit me up saying hey you know where's the podcast even though in the menu was a podcast tab that you could click on but i change it around where everything's on that front page so it's on the front page where you just click on it and um it's right there so you can listen to the podcast and all my episodes there as well Uh, i don't have the live feed on there yet but i will have it probably by the end of this week where you can just go to that website and listen to it for uh, listen to the podcast all right on the culture radio and you can listen to the episodes i do as well so um i just you know this one i just really felt good about i just really wanted to do um um, something that, um, was, um, very interesting to me, you know, first, of course, I want to thank everybody for everything. I got some announcements towards the end of it, but let's talk about 
what the government did to black people, particularly black men. Um, I was reading an article the other day talking about how education, how um, they use education against us as well to strike in the black community. Back in like maybe the early 80s, 70s, 60s, most high schools in the high school had a trade. And what I mean by trade is that they had um, they had um, classes that you took to be. And by the time you graduated, you graduated with a certification, plumbing, electric, uh, house building, like a lot of these different trades that because um, most black people back in the day didn't really go to college. But they made a good living because when in high school, they did these trades, got these certifications. So after they graduated, they were able to work and they got Good jobs, you know, um, good jobs that that supported the family, good jobs that, you know, supported the community. So they didn't necessarily need to go to college. So. And then a lot. So what happened was, you know, so this is just from my research. So um what I'm saying, um, some is factual, some may just be my opinion. So just take it with a grain of salt. If I say anything that is not facts or something that is wrong, you know, I'm not afraid for somebody to hit me up and say, yo, Kath, that was wrong. But excuse me, I'm sorry. From the research that I've, I've done, um, there was a reason for that. Now. I always talk about on this podcast that, you know, the one thing that America did was take away a black woman from the black man, which was the biggest supporter that was damaging. But I don't talk about the economic um, devastation that they did to the black man, which stopped him from working. Um. Most black men, like I said, in high school, learned a trade. So when they got out, they were able to do construction jobs, engineering jobs, different jobs because they get the certifications. Now, this coincides with the rise of college because college was um, very cheap. Uh, college was was not as expensive. Of course, the Ivy League college like Yale and Harvard, they were prestigious and they cost money. But a lot of community colleges weren't as expensive. College back then, in my opinion, from what I see, wasn't a business as it is today. So um, and, and college was strictly for um, for. Uh, African it was for uh, Europeans. Now, Africans did go. African Americans did go to college. So I'm not saying they didn't, you know, but um, it wasn't at a high number. College wasn't the, the wasn't needed to get a job. It wasn't something that was so needed that at the end of the day, no, it was like okay, if you have the money, that's great. If you want to put like a lawyer, doctor, you know, these types of things, yeah. But college wasn't necessarily needed to. Uh, have a family, buy a house and things like that. So once college started to become a business, right, you have to create, you have to create the, um, you have to create the customers for a product. Now, back in the days, college wasn't pushed. It wasn't something that parents told their children to go to, you know, Um, it was something that depending on, 
their finances and what they wanted to do. But in general, it wasn't something a black household that was like go to college. It was like in high school, you was learning that trade to after you graduate a lot, maybe went to the military um, or they started doing their craft. College was an option, but it wasn't a popular one in the black community. Um, so but colleges started to become more of a business. They started to see opportunity, started getting more courses. Now they have to pay for this stuff. How do you pay for it? Now, you have to create a pipeline because, you know, black people were were, 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 were uh, getting these certification stuff, but white people was as well. So let's think. White people was as well. So colleges started to become, they started to see how profitable colleges can be. So colleges tuition started to go up. They started to offer more things in college, which means more money. How do you create a pipeline? Now, in high school, if the if you are already educating them for them to have a career, you're killing your pipeline. Why go to college when I could learn a trade and do that trade for the rest of my life? Right? So you create the customer. So you start taking away all these educational opportunities in college and stick to a curriculum, a regular curriculum. You don't learn trade. You don't learn skills anymore in high school. You just learn education, history, geometry, math. That's it. You don't learn anything anymore that's going to help you in the real world. That's when they start pushing the college agenda. But it was a two front. One, you know, they promoted, they promoted to white America to go to college and, and pay money. So now the colleges are making money. They take away those programs and they're making money. Also, they knew that college would really be out, be really out, would be out of reach for lower income black families, especially black men. So at the end of the day, what happens is that now you have another thing that's stopping the black man from actually becoming successful. If you don't educate him as a trade after he gets out of college, what does he do? He has no trade. He has no skills. And this was before certifications were popular because, you know, it, it went from high school certifications to work to now it's college. Then later on, certification started to become popular again. But college became a big business, a huge business. People were going to college. They were making a lot of money. The more money they were making, the larger they were getting. These universities were popping up. A lot of these smaller college, community college started to come. It was a lot of money in college. A lot of money. Then they started to do the loan programs, which put you further in debt. It was like, all right, cool. We give the opportunity for black men that want to go to college, minorities that want to go to college. But what we do is we give them loans. They'll give you a $40,000, $60,000 loan before they would give you a $60,000 to start your own business. So that was the idea. Think about it. Now, instead of then you give the black women the opportunity to go to college, your support and serve, they can go to college because I believe for a while, the percentage of black women going to college really outpaced black men. So you have this this business strategy that was funded by money, because let's be completely honest. The downfall of the black man in America 
and, 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 and this may be contradicting things I may have said, but you know, as I do these podcasts, as I think, as I see things, you know, I grow. So something I said in a podcast 50 episodes ago may not be something that I feel today. But, you know, but when I really look at our situation as black men, it is easy to get into the space to say it's because we're black. I'm starting to feel and see that it's not because and, and, and like, don't, don't get me wrong. It's like what I said in my last last week's podcast when I said women are not victims. That women need to understand that their support isn't because America supports them is because it's a it's another reason. When I look at the black man in America, I used to really feel that they were scared of us. We we were we were we were uh, we had these things that that scared them. We had this masculinity, this this idea of getting over things, this idea of being strong through adversity and 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 and. and, and, and pain and hurt and we can get over it that was something that was scary but see i'm starting to think that we were just the target of a bigger plan you know i i don't really think that the real wealthy the real people that got money really sit around and say we're gonna screw this person over because they're black i i don't see a person of abundance of wealth and control really caring about the color of somebody's skin. Um, I see them looking at any race or culture that they can exploit to make more money and get more control. And I feel that black men were are an easy target. Because you could home in on what a black man needs to survive and if you control the money, the economics here, the country, you can take it away to make more money. Because when you think everything that we talk about with the black man and lack of is connected to money, like prison systems is a billion dollar business. You know, a billion dollar business. Do you think they would care about us if it wasn't money? It's like I'm starting to see beyond the veil. I'm starting to see that racism. And, and you know what? You may get mad about me. And you know what? I may feel differently next week. Okay. So please stay with me on this. I may feel completely different next week. But I'm starting to see that racism is used as a controlling factor to those that understand racism. Let me, let me say, in itself, racism is ignorant. To not like somebody because the pigmentation of their skin is ridiculous. Um, but the idea of hating the minority is not a new one in our society, in, in our world culture. No matter what country you go to, there's always a race, a culture, a religion that is oppressed. 
um, no matter what. It could be for skin color. It could be for it could be for religion. It could be for status. It could be for any amount of things. Societies always find somebody at the bottom and exploits those somebody at the bottom for their for for embedment their wealth for furthering themselves. And when you know that. And you want to keep power and grow more finances and power. Is it smart to make others think that the reason you hate this person is for that because it benefits us? Because I, I can't. I can't really. I can't really feel that somebody like. Somebody like, you know, somebody like Warren Buffett really says. You're lower than me. You're a black person. I mean, they look at anybody that's not on their level as lower than them. But to keep control, you make others feel that they're in control. You give America a target and you call it something which makes you not look where you should be looking. I think racism in America, power in America is so, have so many dimensions in it that there's so many layers that on one layer you could say in our black community, we have a light skin, brown skin thing. You know, you light skin this, like, you know, then you go to races. They have this, then you go to wealth and money. You got this. I mean, when you keep going up the ladder, it makes me think that Racism is a tool that's used for control to empower those that really don't have power. For example, I said that women are not victims, right? Then I said that men may not be victims. Now I'm saying that white people are not victims. They are, the white people are victims. And, and let me explain. They're victims of the people in control giving them false sense of power. Because if I give my people control over something, something that makes them feel like they're better than others, others to look down on, they're going to be so busy engulfed in that idea that they're better because of their race or whatever it is, that they're not going to look at what I'm doing to them. They're not going to look at the crimes and the stuff that I'm doing to them because in their sense, in, in their heads, they're really part of me when they're really not. They're the ones getting screwed. Like, for example, Trump, you know, Trump rallied that crowd up. Right. And they did what they did. Right. And then he sat back and said, I had nothing to do with that. That's the same. That's the idea. The rich will get you to do things, but then look at you and say, why are you doing that? I didn't tell you to do that. The rich will give this idea of racism to white America as far as power. Give them this idea that they're superior, but at the end of the day, will never you will never be them. They're just using you as pawns as you are using us as pawns. 
It's a never-ending chain of, of accountability of using people. That even though we're not victims, we still are victims. We become the victims and we become um, um, the brutalizers as well. And I had a um, discussion with somebody about the same thing. Understanding, understanding that we, and even like we give into this racism. And we use it as an excuse for us not to achieve things that we want to achieve. You know, um, then we become the thing we don't want. You know, I was giving an example about black business and I was saying that, you know, for me, my most um, disappointing Business situation has always been with my people. I've heard that a lot from a lot of business people. Um, that I've always been disappointed. Um, I was having a discussion with my wife the other day. And I was saying, if you look at every big designer out there, they use the hood. They use African-Americans to promote their stuff. Then when they're done with us, they go high end and make more money. And we allow that, you know, boss, Levi, Tommy Hilfiger, uh, Pele Pele, all these brands went through the hood, then made that leap to next level. Even now we promote probably Louis Vuitton's Louis bags and, and red bottoms and Gucci more than white America does. But they don't promote to us. It's just this idea of victimization. Where we become the victims and the brutalizers. You know, we don't support black brands. They become trends. And then afterwards, we don't support them anymore. Um, but they still we're still buying Gucci. And that, you know, and while I'm doing this podcast, I'm thinking as well. So my thoughts are evolving as I'm doing this podcast. And the more I think about it, the more I look and say, is there anything in America that I can't have and can't achieve? Is there something that I cannot do in America? Is there something that's truly stopping me as a black man? Just absolutely stopping me that if I went to do that thing, it would be a no because I am black. And when I look at it like that, I'm not looking at would it be hard? Would there be trials and tribulations? I'm I'm looking at is there anything I cannot do as a black man in America? And I really came to the conclusion, no, there is nothing I can't do as a black man in America. I could go anywhere I want. I could buy anything I want. I could get any job I want. Now, of course, there's things I have to do, but there's really not, there's literally nothing I can do. I can't do in America. Nothing. Hold on one second, people. What's up? 
What's up? No, you're not going to go outside. It's about to rain. Bye. I'm doing my podcast. I'm sorry, people. My son came in the room. See, this is what happens when you do your podcast from home. But anyway, there's really literally nothing I can't do as a black man. Now, are there roads that may be a little bit harder? Are there things that may happen? Are there people that are ignorant that may try to stumble me? Yes. But looking at the end result, is there anything I can't do in America? And the answer is no. And, you know, I am from the hood. So there's no doubt in my in my credibility. I am from the Bronx, New York. My mother was on welfare. You know, I remember going to the face to face, as they called it, you know, standing on the long line at the welfare department. You know what I'm saying? My father was not there for me. I probably saw my father six times in my life, if that. And the last time and that included seeing him on his deathbed. So I could never I can't say, you know, I am a typical Black person, no father, mother was single, having 16, you know, I, I was, you know, and I've been able to go to college, have this phenomenal life, beautiful kids. I drive luxury car. I live in a million, half a million dollar home. Plus I have a, a striving businesses, educated certifications out the yin yang. And um, so what is it that I can't do? I'm looking into the hotel restaurant business. <laughs> Meeting with investors to start a restaurant and hotel chain chain. But and I sit to myself and say, is there anything I did special or anything, any help I had that nobody else could have had. Um, my circumstances weren't different than others. I didn't have money, like, you know, money back in me. I took out loans, college loans, which I still owe. Um, but it's about choices. A lot of my friends, we were in the same, some some of my friends were in better positions than me, to be honest, to do better. <laughs> it's about choices. I chose not to do drugs, even though all my friends were smoking weed and doing whatever, I chose not to. I chose to stay in school. I went to a school. We had gang wars and all this other stuff. I chose to, and I was in, I, I did the things that you do. I was in a gang. I w- got into fights. I, I was involved in stuff. So it wasn't like I was home all day sitting there. But I chose to continue to go to school. 
I chose to graduate from high school. I chose to go to college and graduate from college. I chose not to have a baby. I chose to marry and then do it right. I chose these things. So I sit there and I say to myself, I wasn't special. There wasn't something special that I had in a way that even if I chose the wrong path, but, but the thing is, it was my choice. I wasn't forced a certain way. I didn't, you know, it wasn't that I couldn't, is that I didn't. You get what I'm saying? I really, and I know I kind of went off on another tangent, but you know how I do on my podcast, people. But I, I really made choices. When I look at everything that's happened bad in my life, it's because of the choices I've made. Now, does has things happened in, in your life that you had no control over? Things that happened and it was like, man, I had no control over that. Yes, it does. Are there bad people out there that will do you wrong and do things to try to hurt you? Yes, there are. So I'm not negating that. I'm not trying to say that maybe you had a bad situation that happened that was not your fault, wrong place at wrong time, whatever, he's minding business, something happened. So I'm not saying that. But all we can do is talk, all we can do is go with facts about the majority. We can't talk it up about the minority because at the end of the day, you can't adjust statistics for the minority. Just because 2% this happens to, I can't equate that and say, well, we need to change our whole attitude because 2% of the people went through it. I'm not saying it's that percent. I'm just saying in general. But the majority of stuff that happens... The majority of people that are in jail, black men are in jail. The majority of black men that are single dads that ain't doing shit. The majority of men that didn't graduate from high school. The majority of men that didn't aren't doing right, black men, is because of the choices they made. Now, this may not be popular. I I understand because I'm not doing this this podcast to speak things popular because (laughs) I'm not a clout chaser. Because I know if I did that, then, yo, you get a lot of people listening to you. If you just say this or do that, I get it. But I'm not going to say what you want to hear. I'm going to say the truth. And a lot of these decisions brothers make are choices. Yes, we are incarcerated more. And we do get higher sentences than our counterparts. That is true. But we never talk about the brother being there in the first place. What got him there? Why are they incarcerated? Oh, he got busted for 10 ounces of weed. They, you know, they give white guy two years, but he get 10. And you're right. That is unfair. But let's talk about why that brother had 10 kilos of weed on him. We're not talking about that. See, that's the problem. We talk about 
the afterwards. It's like abortion. We talk about give me the right to have abortion. I should have a right. All right. And you should have that right. You're right. But why are we talking about how did you get to, to have two or three abortions? Was it because you really, you know, health problems? Rape incest, which amounts about one to two percent of our all, all abortions. We're not going to talk about the irresponsibility of you laying with men unprotected, allowing them to ejaculate in you without a care and then saying, I need an abortion. We don't want to talk about the responsibility you have in cause of the situation that is unfair. Now, this may sound this may sound harsh. I know some people listen to this podcast are gonna be like, man, Cash, you know what? You lost me. I thought you was an advocate for the black man. And I am. But I think a few a few months ago, a while ago, I did one talk about our responsibility. And the thing is. There's nothing stopping you from achieving your dreams. There's nothing stopping you from being successful. There's nothing stopping us. But we use, but see, this is going back to what I was saying before. But see, America, people use things to make you feel a certain way. That is not true. If you in a club every night, partying, driving with you and your boys in the car for three, four, five in the morning in urban areas, there's more likelihood you're going to get pulled over. Now, I was going to repeat this. I am not saying that it is right. I am not saying that justice, there shouldn't be some type of justice or some type of, of, of evaluation of cops or situations of judges or people that treat minorities unfairly. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that we can avoid it. I'm saying that we could be better. See, the thing is, we can't be mad when we do wrong and we don't get the same treatment as somebody else that did wrong. That's what we're mad about. We're not fighting for like we were in the 60s, the 50s. We weren't writing for the right to just drink out a regular water bottle, not just have to sit on the back of the bus, all these things, you know, not to be able to buy housing, all this stuff. We were not, that's what we were fighting. You know, those are unfair things. Those are things that were being done to you that at the end of you did nothing wrong. A regular citizen that's following the law, at the end of the day, those laws affected them. Those situations affected them. So, yes, I get that. I'm with that 100%. That is definitely unfair. So don't get me wrong. Um, Hold on one second, people. I'll be right back.
Yeah, so think about that. Think about that. Because I think that's a major issue. Really, we have to think about that. I'll give a few minutes. Because I think we don't sit there and really contemplate that. I really don't. So, and I know this is going to be crazy. This is going to be controversial. This I may lose some followers before because of this, and I'm sad about that. But sometimes you have to speak truth. I look at my life, and I say, "There's nothing I I can't do right now. Really, there's nothing I can't pursue." There's nothing that I can't do. Could I run for president? Yes. Will I win? Maybe not. But I can run for president. Can I start my own business? Can I make my own money? Can I ever? There's nothing I can't do now. There's nothing I can't do. So then I say, then the question comes, what is true racism now? Now, like I said, back in the days, they would take away programs away from us. They were doing things. Now, and, and don't get me wrong, back then they were doing things purposely, right? Getting back to the programs in high school. I'm going to bring it back around, right? Because I know you are. They were doing things purposely to African-Americans to stop the growth of African-Americans. You know, uh, the, the, the massacre, you know, the, you know, Black Wall Street. Uh, you know, all that stuff was done. People were murdered and killed and burnt. That they were doing stuff back then to stop us. So, yes, that is the ugly side of racism. Yes. But let's talk about today. Today, let's talk about today. What is stopping us? From creating another Black Wall Street. You know, um, So, yeah, so at the end of the day, I'm
just trying to make us realize what the opportunity we have now. Now, you could say that systemically racism has happened in America and it still happened till today. That that set us up in this idea we have that we can't make it. And I agree. But see, with the Internet, with opportunity, like I started my own product line, right? The Culture Life Products, cheap plug. I'm sitting here in my, in my room where I have, uh, I don't know if you follow me on Facebook, on, on Instagram, where I have benches of, I have shelves of my product that's made. I researched, like there's nothing you can't do with the power of YouTube. I say YouTube University is the most powerful thing in the world. I learned how to make these products, beer balm, beer butter, beer oils. I researched it, then Amazon, went on Amazon, find these products and these things for cheap to, to make. I create my own product line. I got beer bar, butter, oil, scents. Uh, I'm coming out with a shampoo. I'm, uh, you know, from, I'm coming out with ball men, scrub, all these things I did. On, I created a business and generated money from nothing. I did all these things on my own. I did all these things. So. Think about it. I created a business from scratch. I designed the website. I bought the products. I created the products. I sold the product. I created another line of income. Right. There was nothing that stops me. There was nothing that stopped me from doing this business. I'm taking this business to the next level because I'm, I'm getting a major investment into it in the next a few months. So I'm taking it to the next level. But there was nothing that stopped me from doing this. Not one thing. That stopped me from doing this. So to me, to me, so to me, at the end of the day, there's nothing stopping me from doing this. Nothing stopping me from, I create my own business. There was nothing that stopped me from it. No regulations, no laws, no nothing. Nothing stopped me from doing this. So at the end of the day, I created a whole business. Nothing stopped me from going on the internet to promote, to make the website. Nothing stopped me from going on Facebook, Instagram to create accounts to promote. Nothing stopped me from uh, uh, getting a table at a vendor's thing. Nothing stopped me from doing this business. And let's say I didn't have any money. Let's say I did a bootleg with no money. At the end, nothing stopped me from it. There was no law, no regulation, nothing that stopped me from creating a business and creating another line of income. Nothing stopped me. Nothing stopped me from going online and, and, and getting certifications. I got, you know, all these different, uh, uh, you know, uh, 
uh, uh, certifications for mental health. Uh, you know, I got my, my, my PMP, my, my, my project management certification, my six, all my six Sigma black belts, uh, six Sigma belt certification. Uh, nothing stopped me from doing this. Nothing. There wasn't a, there wasn't a, a law. There wasn't an internet block. There wasn't nothing that stopped me from doing this. Right. There's nothing. There's no cops coming to my house saying I shouldn't have done that. There's no no racist white person coming to my house to stop it. There's nobody on the Internet trying to uh, sabotage my thing. There's nothing stopping me from making money, from being an entrepreneur. Nothing. In no way am I running into white people, the government, that's saying well, you need to stop doing what you're doing. Nothing. So for me, I look at it and say, if we have this much free, nothing stopped me from starting a business. I live in Florida. Sumbiz.org. I go on there today and start a business. Today I can go in there and start a business. Nothing stopping me. There is nothing stopping me. Nothing. What is stopping me right now? Besides myself, my confidence, or whatever. But I'm just saying in general. What entity out there is stopping us from being entrepreneurs what entity is stopping for us making money buying our own products what is stopping us right now from getting a luxury car what is stopping us from buying clothes or going and and having what is stop i live in a predominantly black white area i we just saw our first black neighbors like two weeks ago we were walking and we saw black neighbors like literally when we bought this out, there was no issues. There was no hesitation because we were black. There was no issue. There was nothing. Of course we had to have the money. Of course we had to have, you know what it takes to buy a house, but in general, nothing will stop it. Nothing stop you from fixing your credit. Nothing stopping you. Like there's nothing stopping. Like now, if I'm involved, like, don't get me wrong. There are situations. There are people. There are, are things out there that will try to stop you. So I'm not saying there aren't. I'm not. So I, I'm not saying they're not exception to the rules because they definitely are. But in general, there's nothing stopping me. See, back in the 50s, 60s, they took away these 50s, 70s, they took away these programs to stop our economic growth, to stop it. They did that to stop it. They put laws out to stop it. But now, what excuses do we have now? What is racism? Now, I'm in no way an advocate of police brutality. I'm in no way of, I'm not saying that there aren't people out there 
that have done dumb shit like T- uh, uh, Breonna Taylor and, and Floyd and other people that have been gunned down unjustly. But if you have, if a person has it in their heart to hate you because of the color of your skin, they're ignorant people anyway. No, no, no. Let, let, let's be real about it. It doesn't matter. Like somebody said, hate crimes are great. I think they're the stupidest things in the world. In the world. Let me tell you why. If I murder a white man because he's white, right? I get more time because it's a hate crime. You did because he's racist, or or I beat somebody because they're gay. Oh, you get more time because you get right. But if I go beat my black brother because I just don't like him, I hate him for the person he is. That's okay. I get less time. Doesn't make sense. It's all horrible. It's all equal. The the. It, it, just because I hate you because of a certain one doesn't it doesn't make sense. It's okay in our society to hate you for you being who you are. That's okay, but if I hate you because of your sexual orientation or the color of your skin, that's a no-no. Like hate crimes are saying that there's a form of hate that's better. Like think about it. You get more because it's a hate crime rather than a regular hate. A serial killer that goes out killing people, that's okay because it's not a hate crime. Think about it. So we're in in a country that says that there are forms of hate that are okay. (laughs) Think about that. There are forms of hate that are okay. As long as you don't hate them because of their sexual orientation, as long as you don't hate them because of the color of their skin, as long as you don't hate them because of their religion, as long as you don't hate them because of, of their ethnicity, their, I can't even say it properly, that's okay. But if you hate them, but if you just regularly hate that person, that's fine. Think about it. It's stupid. I can't be mad at somebody because they're just a bad person. They're idiots. They do dumb things. And they should be prosecuted. But see, we live in a society that's going to happen for if we take away prejudice of race or gender or sexual orientation, we take that away. We will still have a society with crime. Of people being killed, murdered, nothing's going to change. But that's another topic. But let's be real. When things were purposely being done, when there was laws on the books, when there was things people were taking away from us, like like the education, it was money, greed. With us thinking it's racism, but it's money and greed. Because our our oppression back in the day was always connected to some type of money. Black Wall Street, they were making too much money. It wasn't because they were black. It was that our people are not making the money. They're making the money. They're getting the big deals. We got to end this. 
Like, yeah, they 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 said of oh, who these black people think they are. But when it came down to it, that if Black Wall Street was making money that didn't mess with the white man's money, they wouldn't have cared. They would not have cared one bit. I mean, yeah, you would have had them ignorant black people here and there. But at the end of the day, for a mob to come and burn, no, they would mess with the white man's money, with their money. That's when they had the problem with you. It wasn't because you was making money. You didn't give a flying rat's ass if you was. The, at the end of the day, it was about money. That's what it comes down. Slavery was about money. It's free labor. And let's be real. This is going to be unpopular. But how did racism start? How did slavery start? White man didn't go to Africa, shoot everybody up and steal people. Nope. Tribes sold other tribes for what? Money. And you take these indigenous, these people, they sold them and brought them here and used them for free, cheap labor. Let's be real. Let, let's be honest about all type of prejudices always comes down to power. That's it. If the white man didn't enslave us, they would enslave their own people. Go back to Europe. Look who was the clergymen and who were the people that the, that were, were doing their biddings. They were slaves. The kings, everybody was in, in white in, in, in Europe wearing all happy and stuff. There were people that were, they weren't, they were slaves. They were servants. People that lived below, below regular average lives there. So at the end of the day, let's not, let, let, let's, we have to look above it. And it's hard. I know how hard it is to look above it. Some people may look at me and say, oh, well, you had it easy in your life. You ain't have the issues I had. But I guarantee that every issue you have, I can introduce you to somebody that had your issue maybe worse and still made it. Are there people out there that are trying to stop black people because they don't like black? Yeah, there are. But in general, like I said, I created a business using YouTube and Amazon. Not one white man, not one government official, not one police stopped me from creating income for my family. Not one. I could go create a business, another business, and not one person is going to stop me. The opportunity, I could go to college. I could go to, to get certifications online. I could sit at home, get certifications online and apply for jobs just through those certifications and, and, and make money. Like we could do anything we want. You know, I may not be able to get married. I always talk about this because it's always so funny to me. I could have two, three girls living with me that are my woman, that we are wife and husband and have six, seven kids living in the house with us. And I won't go to jail. It won't be no problems or issues. I don't have to be a baby father to like four girls with different babies. I can have one household. I, I legally can have one household with everybody living there. What are they going to do? These are my kids. These are my children. We all live together. We're all together. What? I could, you could do anything you want in America right now as a black man. You can conquer. You just have to stop with the thinking that minute I walk out, I'm a target. 
And I know you may say, well, podcasts, other podcasts, you said this. See, there was a time in this country where they did stop us. They were doing what they needed to do. There was a time. So don't get me wrong. I know there was a time. Some people remember those times. Some people lived through those times. So I understand. But we're, we're talking about now. They took the education out of our high schools. They did. But that's not stopping us from doing it again, from getting back to it, from having certifications that which are more popular now than they were ever. There's nothing stopping us anymore to have a career. Nothing stopping us as black men right now. We have the power to do whatever the hell we want. So don't give in to this idea of everything is racist towards you. That's media for stories, for sponsors. Because at the end of the day, majority of people getting killed by cops are not black people. Let's be real. Statistically, it's not black people, not black men. And most of those shootings that happen, and I know people get mad at it, the person's doing something criminal. Now, are there cases they weren't? Yes. So please, there are cases where they were not doing anything. And they were wrong. And those cops should be held accountable. It's a cop culture to cover themselves. That's what we need to encounter. When they in the hood and they their practice targets of black men. Yeah, that's a culture that we need to stop. But in general. Am I fearful of getting shot by cops? Am I fearful for my? No, I'm not. If I get pulled over. I'm giving my information. And most of like literally I've had encounters with cops. But anyway, you know what? That's another thing. I'm letting you know that I'm starting my new podcast next week. Success Life Coach, where I'm going to be talking about a lot of things. What is to be successful? Because I want to start getting into this mind frame of not talking about the problems, but let's talk about the solution. And uh, I wrote this book. Been featured in magazines, number one uh, new release on Amazon for a few weeks um, called Three Keys to, to Achieving Success. Um, and I'm doing a podcast connected to that. If you don't uh, have the book, it's in the link of the podcast that you could check it out. Um, but, you know, check it out. Um, I'm going to be talking every, once a week. It's only going to be once a week, this one. And I'm going to be talking about what it is to be successful. I feel that my life is a is a is a testimony to what is to be successful in general, not just because of a black man, but for in general. So I'm going to be doing that. Also, I have my new video vlog that's coming out. That's going to be called Cass is Crazy. Just talking about a lot of things that's going on. We talk about financial stuff and just a lot of different things that should help you. And that video is coming soon. It's probably going to come, I would say, in September, early uh, mid-September, early October. I'm going to start doing the video vlogs with that. So that's going to be on my YouTube channel, which is Cass, which is YouTube dot com slash Casanova Williams and you'll catch that show like I said mid-September uh uh early October I'll be dropping but next week I will be starting the life coach life coach once a week on advice about life coaching and what you did what you could do to be successful okay which is with my book that's been featured in magazines and and it was a number one new release on top on amazon for many weeks so i'll definitely be dropping that next week 
once again, I'd like to appreciate everybody listening to this podcast has really uh, supported me, had my back uh, to get me on these lists. It's amazing to be recognized, to see my name out of a hundred, out of all the hundreds of podcasts out there from mental health, thousands that are out there dealing with mental health. My podcast at right now is 73. It's gotten high as 50, 53, but it goes up and down, you know, weekly. But I'm still always on that list to be in the top 75 uh, or the top 60 or the top 50 at one point. It's just an honor. I don't care where I'm at on a hundred lists as long as I'm on that hundred list. And I appreciate you so much for supporting me and showing me love. And like I said, next week, I will be starting the uh, Life Coach podcast. And then, like I said, mid uh, September to early October cast is crazy blog, which will be featured on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Casanova Williams. If you want to uh, follow me and this podcast, you go to black where this podcast is up. I update the page. So it's a new page up there. So, uh, check it out. Uh, also, if you want to just follow me in general, go to Casanova.com where you see all my books, black men's mental health, black men's journal, black men's motivation. you see my books on podcasting and my new book, uh, three success, three keys to success, uh, to, uh, to achieve and success. Okay. Until next time.